0: We're all operating at a different level of anxiety than we were just a couple of weeks ago. I think that as you're writing your emails, as you're reaching out to people by phone call, as you're scheduling meetings and making expectations of people, do it with a heightened level of empathy. Talk to yourself and say, what has that person dealt with in the last couple of days? Or where is that person mentally or emotionally?
1: Okay, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I am Rick Hyland with RLG International. This is episode 36. This is remote working part two. Uh, last week we did uh, episode 34 on remote working part one and handled a couple of uh, big issues. And by back by popular demand, we have some of the team. We're going to tackle three specific issues today. But first, let me introduce the team back in. We have uh, Roger Lang, Vice President and Business Unit Leader, and John Schufelt, Vice President of Capability and Development. Welcome back, gentlemen. Good to hey, be back, Rick. Good to be here. Hey, John, Roger. Welcome. Appreciate you being on for part two here. And I'll just mention to the listeners what they're going to get out of today's podcast. We're going to tackle, there's so many issues around remote working today, but we're going to try to tackle for you and then have some uh, insights for you on our website uh, for you to find some checklists on this. But we thought we'd uh, first handle distractions uh, as it relates to remote working, and which is also a safety and health issue. Number two, uh, Raj is going to start us in a discussion about if you have to have an all-day or a four-hour session, a strategic planning session, a workout session that's that long, how do you do that well? Many of you are having to keep business operations going and have these long meetings, and Raj is going to lead us in that discussion. And then thirdly, we're going to tackle the topic of uh, volume of email. And uh, a timely topic, and uh, John and Roger and I will have a comment on that, on how you might be able to handle that. And again, we'll go back to the checklists uh, on the website if you need more detail. But first of all, a little bit of business. I'd like to thank everybody for their comments and likes and shares. And um, it's really, uh, uh, really uh, gratifying to get your feedback. And Todd from the Southeast in particular has been amazing and has uh, probably given me uh, 10 episode feedbacks over the last several months and i'd like to thank him and by the way todd if you send me your contact information i'm going to send you a nice moleskin with RL. it's a hardcover notebook uh with rlg logo on the bottom and a ci for life mic and logo on the top so todd appreciate that and encourage everybody to keep your feedback likes, shares coming and uh share this with uh, your employees or your teams that these topics might be relevant. And uh, as we've mentioned before, we're trying to be responsive to the coronavirus. And one of the things is we're all having to learn how to work remotely. And Roger and John and I have done that for years. So we're trying to bring value to you. So let me start first, gentlemen, I'll start talking about this issue of distraction. I had a discussion with the vice president of pipelines um, out of Texas uh, on Friday, I think it was, and he, raised that this was a major issue for him, that people were obviously distracted, not just working at home distracted, but the anxiety of worrying about uh, the future uh, that COVID's brought, which is very real for all of us. And he shared a couple of ideas that I wanted to share and then see if uh, you guys had some uh, insights as well. But I liked what he was talking about. He was talking about having an operating rhythm, rhythm with his own senior team three times a week for a half an hour, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, check-ins, review, what's latest, um, and then he even added to that. So the idea of operating rhythm is nothing new for us. We've recommended that and encouraged that in this time of remote working. But I liked what he talked about, this five-minute check-in at the beginning, and an interesting little icebreaker. It was a one-word, share one word on your mood or your feeling. And so he, ha- as he had this uh, discussion with his team, And he noticed for safety and health reasons that everyone's anxiety and distractiveness was high. He just had them share one word at the beginning of the meeting. And John, on a meeting you and I had yesterday, we tried that with the team. And, you know, you get words like uh, uh, overwhelmed, uh, anxious, uh, hopeful. And we got all sorts of insights. And what Dan did with that input is... um, He would give people time to kind of clear the one word and have a bit of a discussion on it. And then he did two follow-ups. He said if there was um, really a lot of anxiety or a lot of worry in there, the next call that they had, they had a remote stand-down and just talked about how people were feeling and what we need to do about it. And I thought that was an interesting idea, a remote stand-down where the whole 45-minute meeting was about where people are at and what we need to do about it. And then the other idea he shared with me is is a follow-up one-on-one with people that he noticed were particularly anxious on that one-word check-in. So anyhow, that's kind of a safety moment. That's how to deal with people's personal distractions today. And I thought that I really enjoyed that uh, Dan shared and a shout-out to him on some of the things he's doing to help with distraction. Uh, John or Roger, does that bring up any uh, thoughts or insights from from you guys on distraction or safety moments?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll say it. And,
1: okay, John? You know,
0: I'm I'm faced with this when I open my Edge browser. I'm faced with the news feed that's there. Yeah. And oh man, not ever distracting because it's you know what's this government doing now or what's this news something right now and that distraction can really take me off the rails and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. So you know I found myself yesterday. I turned off the news feed. Okay. And it, I'll, I'll devote specific time when the time's right.
1: Yeah. And I think we could talk about that under email, too, batching it when the time is right. Okay, Raj, any thoughts for us on this one?
2: Yeah, uh, in episode 34, I think Rob Gilbronson and I both talked about the necessity of a plan, yep. and working a plan, and I know if I have a plan and time blocks, and we'll talk about that in a minute on remote things, I'm able to focus my attention on that, and then I fully concur with what John has talked about. Um, I know in my home here we have severely limited uh, television and radio because it's so overwhelming. Yes. to get another little drip feed about some other tragedy that's happened in the world or some looming um, prospect. So we're trying to control the inputs and that enables us to focus on those things which we've deemed to be important for this day to focus on.
1: Yeah, plan of the day, follow the plan. Very good. Thank you, gentlemen, uh, under the topic of distraction. Hope that was helpful. And let's go to the second topic under uh, remote working part two. And uh, Roger, you had a great seven-hour meeting last week with three partners trying to serve your client a little bit better, and a lot of lessons learned about how to do that well. And I know a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, how do I still have a a big planning session or a strategy session or a response session that takes some time, but it's all remote? So, Raj, why don't you start us out and share that experience and some of the learnings and uh, recommendations you have?
2: Yeah, just a very brief context. This was a... Yeah. Uh, it turned out to be an 11-hour call over two oh, days, okay. involving three different companies, none of which really knew each other, and we were all brought together to establish a solution for a, a super major company on how we might combine our offers. So there's lots of danger and mischief even in that request. But as we sat on the first seven hours and then four the next day, I wrote down some personal learnings that I'll share with you very briefly about things that helped on that call and subsequent calls. Uh, here they start. Uh, make sure that the video platform you're using will work on your computer. Check sound and video. The distractions of trying to figure that out at the beginning are again, just uh, don't start off well. Secondly, we, as Rick has mentioned, we had a brief check-in for each participant, just so you have a name and a face to attach with a contributor on the call. Thirdly, ensure that the, the outcomes are clear and agreed at the outset. And if they're not clear and agreed, make sure that they are and adjust as necessary as we move into the call. We learned some things from our Agile about framing the flow of the meeting. We're going to talk about this and then this and then this Hmm. and allow what we call a time box for each segment. For the next hour, we are going to talk about this particular question. And as we get near the end, uh, we begin to summarize our thoughts there. I find in any discussion in life, it's important to know the questions that we're trying to ask. Uh, A phrase that I've used before, what is the problem to which this conversation or this call is the solution? And that will help to focus our attention and to limit the side tracks, the rabbit trails that often calls remote or face-to-face can fall into. Uh, best practice that we established on this call was summarized crisply along the way to ensure that p- folks have agreed. We've spent an hour on this. It seems to me that the outcome is this: is everyone agreed on that? As you put those markers down along the way, one you're able to know where you've gone and to agreed to ensure that you have alignment. We had a practice on that call of taking short breaks. 10 or 15 minutes every two hours and people some guy ran off to chick-fil-a and got a burger somebody got a coffee the rest of us just took a a brief break and did that every two hours if that helped you can find even on a conference call where you can see people's faces not everybody is either fully engaged or um, contributing so we even had a practice on that to reach out to the silent participants hey terry i haven't heard from you for a while where are you in this conversation were questions that got asked and the uh, folks were able to ensure that they were engaged participating. Then the final thing we did, we captured all the agreements and assured alignment on all the actions that happened. And one of the participants on the call was doing that in real time. So a combination of all those 10 things together helped to make that call 11 hours over two days, both useful and not debilitating at the end. We didn't come off exhausted, accomplished a lot in a short time with people, as I say, that we didn't know at the beginning, certainly knew a lot better at the end
1: oh roger really good insights how many people were on the call
2: there's about eight people in three different cities two different countries really very good. different styles
1: yeah yeah and i think you know people are trying to figure out how to do this they uh, i think some people are even not doing these large workout sessions or calls or strategy meetings because they're so worried about doing it remotely so those are great tips and tricks on how to do that John, what additional insights or any points of emphasis would you make on this list?
0: Yeah, sure, so yeah, drawing from very real experience of these last few days, um, I'm noticing that bandwidth is really stretched. So, you know, just an example, I was on a long meeting yesterday and that one of my colleagues was sharing his screen, but we also had our cameras going because that's what we read as the best practice. And so we just found that we couldn't, we couldn't keep up. The quality just deteriorated. So we turned off our cameras while we were sharing the screen. And then resume the cameras afterwards. So yeah, that that might be a good point. Yeah. Also, if you if you can uh, just facilitate and be expected that someone's going to experience problems somewhere along the way, and just don't get flustered. Just keep it moving, keep it moving ahead. You know, you're going to have people that have dropped off the call, and you like just now you said Roger, are you there? If Roger's not there, well, are, you just have to plan for that and move on. Um, I love the last point about capture alignment and actions. Uh, Microsoft OneNote uh, other things as well allow people to be y- using that software sharing it live with all the participants it, it you know as opposed to typing something on some notepad that's totally offline you can be online doing that the, the whole time so I would say it incorporates some technology that way and the very last point I'll make is that, you know like we stay with these silent partners I think the tendency is it and the temptation is that people can be multitasking I'm on a seven-hour meeting But really, I'm only 30% engaged in that meeting. And the 70%, man, I could be doing anything, especially working from home. It could be my family, my work, you know, who knows what's going on in the background. And so people really do need to be disciplined in order to take on a meeting like that. So check your own attitude before you start and maybe even contract amongst the group as you get going.
1: John, that's
2: really good. I remember a phrase that I learned probably 30 years ago was about, focus and attention, and the phrase was this, be where you are when you are there. And that principle has served me well over time. Uh, If I'm standing, talk to you, talk to you. If I'm reading an article, read that article. If I'm on a call, pay attention to that. And that deals with the distraction at the beginning, and I think it helps to contribute to the quality of your input
0: when you're in some kind of encounter with another human being. Yeah, sure, it's easy to go, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, 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 you know, and not actually adding any value or, or contribution into the meeting. Yeah. Good point.
1: Well, there's plenty of research today that shows that we are not good multitaskers. And the temptation, as you've alluded to, is on when you're working remotely or people can't see your face, you're you're double or triple tasking and you're not adding value to the discussion. So really good points. And then Roger's idea on taking some breaks in the meeting will help with that so that people can, you know, take bio breaks and or respond to an email in between if they know they're gonna have 10 minute break every two hours. That allow people to concentrate longer. Very good discussion. I was on uh, a call with Alex from Boeing yesterday, and he pulled up the checklist we just talked about uh, from his facilitator training with us. And uh, he was using that as he was having these long uh, merging is his topic was how to merge two lines together to optimize for efficiency, and he pulled out our checklist on that. So and we'll put this checklist online. Uh, under the RLG International website, uh, under Insights and CI for Life. So, uh, gentlemen, anything else on this topic before we move on to our last one? Okay, let's go on to this uh, little bonus topic on remote working. We're all experiencing a very high volume of email, uh, more than ever, because now we're remote and everybody's uh, uh, working feverishly to try to respond to the Crisis, but it's just really increased the amount of email, so each of us wanted to share a a tip or two with you on how to handle email uh, John, why don't I go to you first?
0: Yeah, sure, so uh, just in the last couple of days we've had a number of conversations between like this group here on the call but but others and, and it's hey, have you noticed how much emails coming in and that it seemed to be that it was a real shared expression, and we started talking about well, I wonder why that is and and what's some strategies that we can deal with it and so i know i've spoken to my team about it but here here's where it comes down to i think is yeah we might all be remote workers and used to working remote so all that volume of email is still there then secondly layer on that that i used to be in a hallway with people down the hallway and now those people are emailing back and forth and and oh my goodness to make it worse instead of just being you know, one email to get it done, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I guess the challenge that I would say is that uh, three things is, number one is if an email can be replaced by an instant message or a video call or a phone call to just resolve the issue in five minutes, then just do it and get that done. Get used to using that technology and go for it. The second one is, like we said earlier, is schedule the time is if you do check in with that one person that's in an office or you work with closely, schedule a time and have that meeting address all those issues. And if it has to be twice or three times a day, so be it. It's just get it in there to try to avoid all this email. And the third one is is this one is reconsider the CC or the reply all. Yeah. If there's a way to not be inundating all these people with interesting conversation that then just turns one email into 30 emails, like, exercise discipline there and and I know that my team and I have committed to try to do these things here as opposed to as opposed to just going the easy route and sending lots of email
1: well, John that's a really good point let me pick up on one of yours and that is we had a case over the last week where there was five or six of us trying to pull this value-add email together for our clients and uh, we had IT we had marketing coordinators we had some of us on these calls, and it was 25 30 emails And it was all resolved in a 15, 20-minute call rather than uh, this flooding of the inbox. So often a call with a small group or even, as you say, an individual can solve a lot of confusion of multiple, multiple emails flying around. So thank you for those insights. Raj, what would you add to the discussion?
2: I think there's a way systemically to deal with it, and that is to unsubscribe to any feeds that you don't want to continually get. Yes. So that'll clear off some of your junk. I'm a deleter on my… On my phone, as I travel or used to travel around the world, I'll delete anything that seems to be marginal at all just to clear away the clutter. And the third principle I use is resolve. If I read an email, try and deal with it at that moment. Get an answer or an action or, or put it on my list for today or tomorrow to deal with. And it helps me to declutter my mind in doing it that way.
1: Yeah, my thoughts are very aligned there. Take five minutes, 10 minutes each day, beginning, end, and unsubscribe. Get all this clutter. It's not value to you. Um, and I'm going to call that second point, Raj, one touch. See if you can, when yep. an email comes in, you can one touch it. You either send it, call a meeting, you deal with it right away. But it's when it sits there day after day, or you've got to read it four times. So that would also speak to, let's send shorter emails <laughs> and not uh, overwhelm. Because you get long emails amongst your hundred. That's very overwhelming. and and. Uh, So the senders can think a lot about that. And then the last thought I'll add is the idea that even John shared on news feeds. Let's batch it. If you can, and you can't always do this, batch it. Put it in at noon. Put it in at 4 o'clock when you're going to go back to that. If you've got working teams or working projects that you're supposed to be working on, it can be very distracting if you're trying to deal with email all day. If possible, try to batch uh, gentlemen, anything else on any one of our three topics that you have in conclusion? Uh, if I could, Rick, I
0: have one more. Yeah. Is it, is it came to me yesterday that you know, we're all operating at a different level of anxiety than we were just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, that. and I think that as you're writing your emails, as you're reaching out to people by phone call, as you're scheduling meetings and making expectations of people, do it with an, a heightened level of empathy. You know, Talk to yourself and say, where, what has that person dealt with in the last couple of days or where is that person mentally or emotionally? And, yeah, a check-in is important, but, you know, with emails, when you send those off, you're less likely to actually think about the, that recipient as a person as opposed to just another business person
1: you need to do something with. Mm, I love that idea. Think about that person huge with huge empathy.
2: Step, John, that whole idea of human dignity, yeah. that the person that I'm talking to has something to offer me and I may have something to offer them back. It's really good.
1: Well, gentlemen, really appreciate your time again as always. Have a great day. Thanks to both of you. Bye bye. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Wow, wasn't John's point and Roger's point there at the thinking about the person with empathy? Isn't that an interesting idea for email as well to be able to think, does this person, what is this person going through? Is there a better way to express this? Do I really need to have them on this email? Could a quick call help? Um, are they stressed and anxious? How can I tone this email a little bit differently so that's more valuable? So anyhow, hopefully that was a valuable podcast for you. Thank you for your interest in our work around how to work remotely and efficiently. Uh, we covered three topics today. The whole idea of distraction, more as from a leader. What you can do as a team leader or manager to help manage the obvious distractions that are going on around you. The second thing is how to facilitate and organize an all-day remote session so that you can still keep working on strategy and big items and tackle issues. And then the third one we tried to tackle there was email. The volume of mail is just ramping up. I'm sure you're finding the same. So hopefully that was valuable. As always, in the description of the podcast, we'll put the landing page to go back to the RLG website. But if you don't open that and just can open up www.rlginternational.com, you'll see uh, under insights and you scroll down, you'll see CI for life. We'll put some checklists on these topics that we tackle today. Um, and, And be safe, be patient with yourself. Remember always in this anxious time in this crisis to remember your personal habits and whether that be physically, emotionally, spiritually, Keep those going so that you have a solid foundation to be able to re- react with what's coming next because these are difficult and anxious times. Please keep working on those personal habits, fast start habits to make and build this solid foundation in your day. This has been another CI for Life podcast with Rick Highland with RLG International. Please email me directly or comment on the podcast. My email is rickh at rlginternational.com. Thanks for spending some of your valuable time with us today. Until next time, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye.